0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays, twelve thirty to three. Seven
1: seventy. CHQR. Oh, look, we've been debating Canadian content since Netflix was a, a mail-out DVD company. How we've been debating Canadian content since even before DVDs existed. This is not new. But uh, certainly the uh, onset of the uh, Netflix era has changed the conversation around Canadian content. And there have been uh, calls to uh, either tax or regulate Netflix or some combination of the two, uh, all in the name of safeguarding Canadian culture. But what exactly is the threat that Netflix poses? Or YouTube or Hulu or Apple TV or Disney Plus or anything else. What is it we're trying to protect here? What is it we're trying to advance here? Now, the president of CBC speaking at a panel this week, a panel organized by the Canadian Media Producers Association, uh, described Netflix's rise as the beginning of a new empire, comparing it to the colonialism of the British and French empires says, I was thinking about the British Empire and how if you were there and you were the Viceroy of India, you would feel that you were only doing good for the people of India. And that somehow this is a parallel to Netflix. It makes no sense, especially given that there is a considerable amount of Canadian content on Netflix. And Netflix says spent a considerable amount of money in Canada. So where's the issue here? Well, joining us for some thoughts on all this, very pleased to welcome in the program uh, Michael Geist. He is a law professor at the University of Ottawa, where he holds the Canada Research Chair in Internet and e-commerce law. He's a member of the Center for Law, Technology, and Society. writes at his website, michaelgeist.ca. Dr. Geist, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Well, oh, thanks so much for having me. I,
1: I, I assume you've probably heard a lot of strange or even ridiculous arguments in this debate, but what did you make of the comments from the uh, president of the CBC?
0: I thought it was outrageous and and wholly inappropriate, quite frankly, to to try to compare the availability of Netflix in Canada to uh, what took place, the colonization with the British in India or the French in, in Africa. I mean, in some ways, it points to just how out of touch, I think, frankly, the CBC and those arguing for those kinds of positions are when they take a look at a service that, quite frankly, already has... Huge amounts of Canadian content, including CBC content that's available to Canadians and is now more widely known around the world, and yet somehow this is treated as akin to uh, some of the worst of cultural imperialism. I mean, it's not from, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, aside from the, the poor taste of making the analogy, I mean, it, it, it certainly indicates a certain attitude toward, uh you know, this new media environment and streaming services and, and how Canadians are accessing content. I mean, it's, it's out of touch in a lot of ways.
0: It absolutely is. I mean, in some ways, Canadians are clearly quite you know voting in a sense with with their time and and with their mouse pad so to speak by subscribing to Netflix in huge numbers and so in a sense this is just simply a choice Canadians want to make they find a service that provides good value that has can con if they want, but of course has content from around the world, and in some ways, some of our existing broadcasters just haven't been able to match it. It's telling that the CBC was angry as part of that discussion that took place, that Netflix was being credited with bringing shows like Shit's Creek and others to a global audience and being sort of in a sense getting the credit for that as opposed yeah. to C B C which had created and nurtured the show. And yet there was ample opportunity and there still is ample opportunity for Canadian broadcasters to take Canadian content and try to export it to the world. And yet we live in such for so long, in such a protected environment in which foreign content has so long been seen as the enemy uh, that the in some ways the the world has passed us by with technologies that more readily Uh, make this content available to a global audience
1: now what is it the cbc is looking for and you pointed out this week you got groups like Unifor, actra they want uh 20 canadian content for netflix they want those kinds of regulations Is is that what the cbc is looking for are they looking to get some some money out of this
0: well, CBC strikes me pretty out of touch when it comes to how it wants to deal with the Internet in terms of our broadcasting environment. And so its submission to a review that the government is conducting right now includes everything from new taxes on your broadband bill and your wireless bill that they say would go to help fund CanCon, to actual new blocking rules. They envision the prospect of mandated blocking, not just for copyright-related issues, which, as you'll recall, was a subject of a considerable debate last year, but they talk about it with misinformation as well. So, in a sense, they look at the Internet as, as a place where we need to block content, where we need to levy new taxes and fees associated with it, as opposed to embracing some of the opportunities that the Internet provides.
1: And is that even really feasible to to try to block services like Netflix or or block this content from coming into the country? Could we even do that if if we wanted to?
0: Well, I don't think we could block Netflix, but any number of groups, including the CBC, are calling for is a regulatory superstructure over these kinds of services, mandates that they provide data. The CBC actually wants to require companies like Netflix to provide them with information on how many people view their con- their, the content that they've licensed, uh, something that you would assume could have been done through a commercial transaction, but if they weren't able to get it that way, they want the government of Canada, in a sense, to step in and mandate disclosure of that kind of information. And so they, they look at these services and say, we think the CRTC ought to regulate them, and so you would need a license to offer up video services online. And part of the license requirements would be a certain percentage of CanCon, a mandated requirement to to provide some of that content. But when we take, quite frankly, a look at many of the submissions that we've seen come in from from people in that cultural sector some of some of the suggestions really i think boggle the mind everything from mandated cancon requirements in the background music that you hear in restaurants and malls to actually requiring search engines like google to include canadian content related search results high up in the results uh, where someone searches for cultural or artistic content <laughs>
1: Now, I mean, the CBC aside, and obviously the CBC joy, enjoys a unique and, and protected position on the Canadian broadscape, uh, land, broadcasting landscape, but do other broadcasters have a point when they suggest that there is an unlevel playing field, that they're subject to, to the kinds of regulations that a company net, like Netflix isn't?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the argument that you hear often. I, I, I agree that it's not a level playing field, but ironically, it's actually the reverse in terms of where the lack of a level playing field comes from. If you, if, I think if we consider what the current regulatory environment looks like, the existing broadcasters and broadcast distributors have a whole series of advantages that regulations provide them that Netflix does not. And any mandated contributions... That exist are, in a sense, a quid pro quo for the advantages they have. They have must carry rules that ensure that their content is carried on cable and t- cable and satellite systems. They have simultaneous substitution rules that block foreign signals so that Canadian commercials can be inserted. They have copyright rules that give the give broadcast distributors the right to retransmit those same signals um, under the law. They have a whole series of. They've got foreign ownership protection rules. I mean, the list goes on and on. All of those are the kinds of things Netflix doesn't have, and those companies have access to funding that a foreign player like Netflix wouldn't have either. And so when they talk about leveling the playing field, sometimes I shake my head because they've got a whole series of advantages that are in place, much of them coming by way of regulation. Netflix has none of those. And yet they say it's Netflix that, in a sense, has an unfair advantage, when it seems to me it's largely the reverse.
1: So all of this talk about regulating or taxing or both Netflix, uh, does it seem then like it's a, a solution in search of a problem?
0: I think so, I think you raise a good point and and we should note that there are a lot of different netflix tax related issues there's the sales tax issue that I don't think a lot of people object to uh, that's just that that's more a circumstance of of trying to develop international standards around what uh, digital sales taxes look like. But when it comes to taxes that would be cultural contributions. That one's in, in many ways, I think, uh, is a, a solution in search of a problem. If we take a look at the, the Canadian data, the most recently reported data, tells us that last year, record amounts of spending took place on Canadian film and television production, record amounts on specific... CanCon production, and much of the growth in terms of where that financing comes from comes from foreign players. So without being legislatively required or mandated to spend or fining, that large foreign operators, including Netflix, are investing in Canada. They're doing it because they want to, not because of a government fiat that requires them to do so.
1: Yeah, Yeah, as you say, they're investing here. There's a lot of Canadian content available on Netflix. Uh, And and you got to wonder, I mean, you know, 10 years from now, Netflix is going to have a a lot of competition. We're already seeing companies like Disney ramp up with their own streaming services. Uh, Look, I mean, is is Disney going to have a lot of Canadian content? What about other competitors that are going to come along? And here we are very narrowly focused on a company that that has a lot of Canadian content.
0: We are. It's true. I mean, I think we are going to see more competition. I think one of the things that we have to dissect a little bit is that these groups often argue that Canadians want this content. And and if that's true, and I certainly think there's a segment of the population that does, then, of course, it is in the interests of services that want subscribers to provide the kind of content that people want to see. Mm -hmm. And so if it's true that Canadians want to see their own stories, they want to see Canadian content, then that is all the incentive that a company like Netflix, Disney, or France, frankly, any other would have, because if that's what your audience wants and you're dependent upon attracting an audience for subscribers, you're going to provide them with the kind of content they're looking for.
1: Indeed. Much more on all of these issues. Michaelgeist.CA. Dr. Geist, I always appreciate the insight. Thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon.:
0: uh, my pleasure, thanks so much for having me.: Afternoons with Rob
1: Breckenridge, starting at
0: 12:30 on News Talk, 770 Calgary.